choir, please. We're going to sing this song, and I will leave you to pray according to these scriptures. He is able, more than able. I don't know what you are passing through, but I can assure you God is more than able. God is more than able. And your own case will not be the last he will do. That case of yours is too small for him. If only you can learn to magnify God beyond that situation. So as we sing this song, I want to sing it prayerfully and look unto God and turn it to a prayer for yourself. Can I have the key, please? He is
to accomplish your will in my life and my family. In the name of Jesus, you are Lord and heaven to accomplish your purpose in my nation, in this church, in our nation, in the nation of man, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. I prophesy to someone here that thing you think it is not possible. That thing you think, no, this cannot be done. I decree the God that answers prayer. We surprise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. The God with whom all things are possible. It will surprise you in the name of Jesus. Every enemy that has been pursuing you, that say you will not make it, that say you will not fulfill the purpose of God in your life, by the fire of Holy Ghost, I declare them consumed now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, man. We give you all the glory. Yes, man. It is done. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Please, I'd like you to take your seat and be in the spirit. God is here. I can feel it. Don't miss the opportunity. And don't be distracted. Every stranger that may be in your body, in your life, in your home, the Lord will uproot them as love life out of them in the name of Jesus. Today we are going to be discussing on the topic, Council, I need this adjusted. I'm not getting the output I want, please. So that I don't shout. Maximizing the benefits of divine instruction. Maximizing the benefit of divine instructions. First Kings seventeen eight to sixteen. First Kings seventeen eight to sixteen. And the word of the Lord came unto him at his prophet Elijah, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in the vessel that I may drink. And as he was going to fetch it, he called to her, and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but an handful of meal in a barrel, and a little hull in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it, for me and for my son, that we may eat and die. Verse 13, and Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, 
but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. Does it look like Prophet Elijah is selfish? Mm. Verse 14. For thus said the Lord, God of Israel, the barrel of me shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord. According to the word of the Lord, which is spake by Elijah. According to the word of the Lord, which is spake by Elijah. Divine instruction simply means directives of God. A command from God. A clear instruction that this is what you do. And it comes in different dimensions. God can speak to you audibly. You hear his voice. Like Saul heard his voice on his way to Damascus. Say, Saul, Saul, why art thou persecuted me? He heard the voice. And God said, go. Because I'm sending you to go preach. <laughs> so he heard the voice of God. That was the instruction. Audibly. You see that in Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 6. The voice of God can come to you. The instruction of God can come to you through divine visitation. It could be through dreams. It could be through trance. We see a lot of that in the Bible. Joseph was instructed to go meet Mary and marry her. Despite the circumstance that is against the law. By what? Divine instruction in a dream. It could be through revelation or insight from the word of God. That is why if you don't study the word, you are missing instruction from God. Psalms 119 verse 18 says, Open thou my eyes that I may behold the wondrous thing out of thy law. And finally, there are many others. It could be through his servant, through the man of God, God sends instruction to you and I. In Amos 3, 7, it says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servant, the prophets. Solomon gave us a wonderful advice about what we should do about divine instruction. In Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy hear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. 
life unto those that find them, that find instruction, and health unto their flesh. You know what the Bible says? He sent his word. It healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. The instruction of God. We're going to be going through a principle about how to maximize the benefits of divine instruction. The benefits of divine instruction. And this principle, you can apply to every instruction God gives you. The one you discover in the scriptures, the one he showed you, the one he showed you in your dream, the one he revealed to you through his servant. But today, I'm going to be focusing more on the precept for this church for this year. Our precept, which is our divine instruction for this year, which we need to maximize, is found in Colossians 4 2. Say, continue in prayer. Watch in the same with thanksgiving. Colossians 4 2. And of course, immediately God gave us the promise that is attached to that precept, to that divine instruction. In Psalms 145, verse 17 to 19. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and he will save them. Every prayer you pray this year, the Lord will hear your cry in the name of Jesus. Every desire of your heart, the Lord will fulfill in the name of Jesus. And it will surprise you in, in a way that it will even do beyond what you could ever ask or think according to his word in the name of Jesus. Maximizing the benefits of divine instruction. God gave us this what this year to go and pray not for his sake but for your sake for my sake it is an open check peradventure you are yet to see that it is an open check that whatever you ask from me this year I am committed to answer you Isaiah 55.6 Isaiah 55.6 says Seek ye the Lord while he may be found when you have the open check. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is what? Please, everything you need to do this year to ensure you don't lose this opportunity, please do. God expects you and I to express ourselves in the place of prayers in order to give him room to answer. The truth is, say, until you ask, 
I am not committed to give. Until you seek, sorry, you can't find it. Until you knock, I can't open the door for you. Do you open, do you get to your door at 1 a.m. in the night and you open your door without anybody knocking and you are not going out? No. So the responsibility to ask is yours. But are you making use of that open check? Matthew 7, 7 to 8. That's what I just quoted for you. Say, for everyone, verse 8, that asketh, receiveth. Everyone. Everyone, verse 8. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, found. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. 2007 is a year that you must press your demand until you get the answer. It's a year you must push. Pray until something happens. And what is the something? Until your prayer is answered. You push. You pray until something happens. But you know what? Just like I said, someone can give you open check and you go to glaze it in your room. Isn't it? That's your option. You're given an open check to go to the central bank of Oman to go cash whatever you want. And you say, no, I like this check. Wonderful. And you put it in your sitting room. Is it not possible? For lack of ignorance. A lack of understanding. So the amount and the frequency of withdrawal depends on you. God has placed the open check in your hand. The amount you are going to withdraw, how many times you are going to pray, depends on you. How many prayers you are going to pray, depends on you. But remember, we are serving a God with whom all things are possible. So don't blame God. <laughs> don't blame God. John 16, 23 to, to 24. Wishes are not prayers. You must consciously ask, seek, and knock. Say, I wish, I wish. Then you can wish. But it didn't say wishes are prayers. You need to voice it out to him. John 14, 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Without any doubt, God is ready to answer all our prayers. But the question is, are you ready to ask, to seek, and to knock? When you look at that sequence, when you are asking, that is the first level. Say, can you give me, please? Can you give me that thing, please? What are you doing? Asking. When you seek, what do you do? You go to the person. Please, I'm calling you. Can you give me, please? You see the next level? And the greater level is what? Can you give me, please? That's the knocking. Which level are you? 
He said, oh God, can you give me? You are not even asking. You are yet to start the level one. So how can you maximize the benefit of this year divine instruction? We have been instructed to pray continually until your jaw is full. Persistently. Continuously. Pray until something happens. Until your prayer is answered. How do you maximize these benefits? How do you take full advantage of this open check that God has given us? What do you do in order to get the best of God for you in 2017? Without doubt, you know that we are already in the perilous times. In the past, you used to read in the Bible, and there was famine in the land, up to the point that women, women were eating. They are who? We are already in that time now. Because you are in Oma, you think all is well. I got a painful text from a graduate yesterday. He said, I am, as I'm saying, as I'm with you now, I'm eating my last, my last cake. My last, how did you call it? Broke, broke, he called it bones. My last bones, a graduate. Not one year, two years, three years graduate. I'm eating my last bone. He said, I can't even drive out. Why? Anytime I want to drive back, no money to buy fuel. What do I do? I make sure I carry people to have money to buy fuel. I'm talking of my own country, Nigeria. A graduate. So what do I do to maximize this open check God has given me this year? Number one, believe God who gave the instruction. And believe his prophet through whom he conveyed the message. Believe God who gave the instruction to pray. And believe his prophet through whom he is sending the word. He has sent the word. You must believe God who gave the instruction. In Psalm 33, verse 8 to 9. Psalm 33, verse 8 to 9. Let all the hell fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and he stood fast. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. A smart man knows that. Men can deceive you, but God can't. I've given you this illustration before. If God said, let come close your eyes, and I closed my eyes. And God said, how many fingers do you have? And I said, and God said, no, you have six. You better believe God. You know what? By the time you open your eyes, the sixth one is grown. Are you with me? That is the God you serve. So believe him. You must believe his servant through whom he conveyed the instruction. 
2 Chronicles 20, 20b. 2 Chronicles 20, 20b says, Believe in the Lord your God. That's what we have said. So shall ye be established. Believe his prophet, so shall ye prosper. You believe God, you'll be established. Believe his prophet, what will happen to you? You will prosper. You fail to believe his prophet, you know the end result. You fail to believe God, you know the end result, which is the opposite of what you are saying. You can never get talkless of maximizing <laughs> the benefit of divine instruction if you do not believe and honor God, who is the source and his prophet, the channel he used. In Matthew 13, 57 to 58, the greatest man that ever lived. And who is that? Jesus. <laughs> In Matthew 13, 57 to 58, and they were offended in him. This is when Jesus went to Nazareth, his hometown. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their hard belief. When you read the scripture before that, say, is it not our brother? Is it not our folks? We know him. How can God be used to it? No, he's a liar. I'm not going to believe him. Who lost? <laughs> In the story that we read, we saw a picture of a woman that believed God and believed his prophet. And during famine, he escaped the horror of famine. In 1 Kings 17, 8 to 16, that we read, the Bible said in verse 9, God said to Elijah, Arise, get thee to Zarephath. 1 Kings 17, verse 9. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded the widow woman. Now, what you need to know is that there are a lot of mysteries in the scripture. We never knew how God commanded this woman. Probably God appeared to her in the dream that a prophet is coming and you must feed him. You don't feed him, you are dead. It may be that raw. It may be God said, a prophet is coming. <laughs> you don't want to miss your blessing? You better do something good to that prophet. God said, he has what? Commanded the widow. How he did that, we don't know. Commanded, right? And when the prophet came, in verse 13, and Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said. Verse 13. But make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. In my place, if someone says this, <laughs> they will arrest him, beat him, <laughs> a woman told you the only food I have is just for me and my son to eat. She didn't stop there. After we eat, then we wait for death. And you say, go and give me food first. 
<laughs> if this man selfish, but that is divine instruction. Your brain is too little to explain divine instruction. Just obey. The case of this woman became different in the midst of famine just because he believed God, or she believed God and believed his prophet. Now the question is, do you truly believe this precept is for you? And every one of us who are saying it, we even have a slogan, as I pray, God will answer me. Have you internalized it and accepted it as your guiding principle for this year? You want to know, if you want to know whether you really believe it or not, how was your prayer life in December? And how is your prayer life now? If there's no appreciable change, you don't believe. The woman did not say, okay, Elijah, I, I believe you, but went home and did nothing. Is that what the woman did? How has your prayer life changed? If it has not changed, okay, it's left to you. But don't blame God. One of our sisters testified a few weeks ago, I believe, yes, a few weeks ago in this church. Every week we have the promise of the week that we declare to you. And we say, go in this thy might within this week to claim this. And in the course of the week, our sister, according to her testimony, if I remember very well, she went somewhere. And after leaving that place, she sends a spiritual attack. And as the attack was in the house, she remembered the promise of the week. And she began to sing a song along the promise of the week. And as she was singing, the attack disappeared. Now, if she did not believe that word, will she even remember God has packaged that word for that week for our sister to use. And thank God she believed and used it. Many of us, that is why you, 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 you go through a lot of things. And God has already sent ahead what will deliver you from that affliction. But you don't believe it. And so you miss it. Number two, what do I do to maximize the benefits of divine instruction? Obey the divine instruction completely and totally. I'm going to dwell some time on this. Obey the instruction completely and totally. Complete and total obedience is a must if you must maximize the benefit of divine instruction this year. God's instructions are not to be debated. They are not to be argued. They are not for you to go sue God in a court. Take him to court. Take him to the Supreme Court of, of hell. <laughs> That's the worst you can go, right? They are meant to be obeyed without complaint. They are meant to be obeyed religiously. Just do it. If you go to any military man, the training military is what? Obey before what? If your superior says jump into this water, you don't say, oh, water, I will die. You jump for. They say, Oga, will I, will, can I come out? 
That is it. You jump in first. That is the God that you serve. For I say, I know the thought I have towards you, the thought of good, not of evil, to give you the expected end. You don't argue with God's instruction. You just obey it like a zombie. If you are yet to get to that, that's one of the things where you say your flesh will die. If you have still struggled with divine instruction, you are yet to die. You are still in the flesh. You have not translated onto the spirit realm. God has given many of us various instruction. And you are excited, but you are still postponing. God has given you a call. You are still postponing. He has told you what to do. He showed you in the scripture. He confirmed with the servant. He confirmed it in various ways. And you are saying, no, I will do it later. God will bypass such a person. God will not bypass you in the name of Jesus. Isaiah 119 says, If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall hit the good of the line. Isaiah 119. So, consequently, if you turn it around, that's the way I read my Bible. If you are unwilling and you are not obedient, what will happen? No, no, you will not. You will eat the evil of the land. That is it. If you are unwilling, you are disobedient, you will eat the evil. Of, you can't be on the fence. Get that right. You cannot be on the fence. You and not God loses the benefit if you fail to obey. In Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 14, we have the classical instruction and benefit of obedience. In verse 1, God said, Deuteronomy 28, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently, carefully, completely, totally, unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations. Verse 2, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord. And you see the blessing from verse 3 to 14. But God did not stop there. In verse 15, so, But it shall come to pass, if thou will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all his commandments and his status, which I command thee this day, that all these causes shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Who said it? Me? God. If you go and look at it critically, the verses from 15 to 68, which contain the causes, they are 53 in number. The verses that contain the blessing, they are just 14. 14, which means there is no room for, oh, I will be in the middle. No, you can't be on the fence. It's either you obey completely or you don't obey. And you know what you get. But I pray you will only obey and get the blessings and none of the causes in Jesus' name. Amen. An example of partial obedience is what, what King Saul did. He said, ah, I've killed everything in the land. I'm I've killed everything. But I just feared some, some the king and some of the ram, the goat, and the rest. God said in Isaiah 
15:22 through this servant and Samuel said at the Lord first Samuel 15:22 at the Lord as the great as great delight in burnt offering and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to akin than the fat of ram the truth is partial obedience is synonymous to disobedience that's what that scripture says Partial obedience is synonymous with what? Disobedience. In the story that we read, our text, we saw prophet Elijah and the widow. They obeyed the instruction of the Lord despite the challenges around it. Now, how can you explain? In verse 8 to 9, God said, Elijah, there is famine. But for me to feed you, you need to go to a widow. Not a rich man. Not a married couple. What is a prophet doing in a widow's house? Taboo. <laughs> but that is God's instruction. But the Bible says Elijah arose immediately. God said, go to a widow's house. Yes, sir. Many of us will use our scientific head, brain, to try to reason the instruction of God. Go to the widow. That is my choice for you in a famine. Elijah said, yes, sir. And the woman, on the other hand, God commanded her, we don't know how, probably in the dream, but when the man of God came, the woman said, I just need to cook this small meal. For me and my son, and after them we die. But the man of God said, no, do for me first. Then go do for your son and yourself. And the woman said, yes, sir. And at the end, what happened? Did they regret it? No. Complete obedience. Please remember, like I've told you before, your brain is too limited in capacity to understand God's instruction. In 1 Corinthians 1.25, the Bible says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And in Isaiah 55.8-9, Isaiah 55.8-9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways said the Lord. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, I'll give you this, this story. I believe to help somebody to know how to obey God completely. A man of God, many of you, you know him, Pastor Adeboe, gave this testimony about a woman. In a meeting like this, there was a word of knowledge that said that somebody here, God said he will give you three breakthroughs. The first breakthrough, whatever you get from it, 100% for God. The second breakthrough, 50-50. You take 50 and give God 50. The third breakthrough, 100% for you. And there was a widow in that place. Her case was so desperate to the point that she had to feed 17 people after the husband died. 17 people. 
And the husband was owing banks in UK huge amount of money. When this woman heard this prophecy, she claimed it. This is for me. A woman that have huge loan to pay. That has 17 people to feed. A widow. So when the first breakthrough came, the woman quickly came to church and gave it to the man of God. Ah, the man of God said, no, it is not you. I know your problem. I'm not going to take this money. It is not you. The woman said, Pastor, you want to deny me of my blessing? Please take it. The man of God said he took it reluctantly, but he did not spend it. He hid it somewhere because he was expecting the woman to come back to take it. <laughs> when the second breakthrough came, the woman brought it. 50-50, according to divine instruction. Now the third breakthrough, guess what? The bank in UK wrote this woman and said, we are the ones that make mistakes. You are not hearing us anything. We are the ones hearing you. How many bankers do we have here? Is that possible? God went to change paper because the woman obeyed instruction. The blessing was so much, this woman became MD of bank in Nigeria because of simple obedience. This year, God has given us instruction. Please use every available opportunity to pray this year. Have an active and consistent personal prayer lifestyle. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family and your loved ones. Intercede for other people, the unsaved, the sick, the needy, your friends. That is how to maximize it. Intercede for the church of God. Many of you know issues that churches are going through that you need to pray and not complain about. We are busy complaining instead of praying about it. Your nation needs your prayers. That's what the prayer, the precept is meant for. Your country needs your prayer. Missionaries, mission feed. They need your prayer. Many people have been persecuted among missions. They need your prayers. That is why the instruction has been given unto you. But what are you doing with it? Many of us, we are being forced to come to prayer meeting. And you have open check. <laughs> Just don't blame God. That, that is my own case. Don't blame God. You are not in your office on Thursday 5.30. And you are not in church to pray. And you are obedient. What type of obedience is that? You don't come to early will I seek thee. When you are not at work. If there's a party, many of us, if you let's not let me even leave party. If your cousin is coming, somebody is coming, and they are landing by two o'clock. Do you not find a way to wake up that 2 o'clock to go and pick them in the airport? And we say, come to 5.30 prayer meeting. And you don't come. And you want divine intervention. You can't fool God. You cannot fool God. We say, come to vigil. 
When you are not working, at least if you are not having night shift, those two and a half hours prayer from 10.30 to 1 a.m., you don't come. And you want divine intervention. Are you obedient? You are not in any service group and you say, I don't have gifts. I don't know, pastor, I don't know which, which department to follow. You can pray. Join the intercessory. Join what? The intercessory. As you are praying, God will show you your gift. Say, I don't know the gift I have. I don't know how to sing. I don't know how to, how to do ushering. Go there. Go and be praying. Intercede on behalf of people. And God will show you your gift. And God is telling somebody, you are still struggling with fasting and praying. You need to add fasting to your prayer for it to be effectual and you get greater results. Many of us say, I can tell you loads of testimony to the glory of God. What God has done for me in these three days, probably I will just share a little bit about my life with you. This three-day fasting and praying we have at the end of every month, victory night, God has used it to change my story. I came to this land on a contract seconded to PDO. I will give you a raw fact now. The interview I did with PDO, I did it on a Monday of victory night. I went to that interview fasting and praying. And I have to wait for that job one year. I conducted the interview. One year, I did not get the reply because somebody said, no, it's already with us. We're not going to take him. And I know the person. But God was fighting on my behalf. Exactly around one year, on a Monday, victory night, I got my offer letter. I can tell you lots of testimony about that three days. I don't joke with it in my family. I don't joke with it. I made my children, my children, my daughter is six years, must fast. And you see things changing. You say, what are they doing? Oh, they don't know to. Six years, fasting. <laughs> you better obey this God and you get the benefit. Disobey, I will not say what will happen. God has placed this opportunity in your hand. This open check is in your hand. What are you doing with it? Because of Holy Communion, I have to do part two of this message. So you take this as part one. You do part two another time. Let's be on our feet. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lebro shande alabro sekahande alabrota. Isaiah 59, 1 to 2. Isaiah 59, 1 to 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither is here heavy, that it cannot hear. Please, can we have it on the screen, please? Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither is here heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. 
and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. And there are two categories of people here. You are not born again at all. The first prayer you pray God will answer is, God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I want to start to pray that prayer now. And if not, you are born again, but you are still living in secret sin. Sorry. God said he will not hear. You can cry from now till tomorrow. He said, I will not hear because your iniquity has separated me from you. You know you are living in secret sins. Please go ahead and begin to confess your sin and repent of all that you have done, that you are doing that does not glorify God. Because these are weapons that the devil uses to make you not to get the benefits. You want to get the benefits, you must live a holy life. Say, Lord, this sin will not destroy my destiny. You know that weakness of yours, the devil is making to make you not to pray. That the devil is using to make you not to be closer to God. You want to pray, you are struggling in the place of prayer. Because of that sin, ask God to have mercy on you. If you are in the first category, asking God that you want to be saved. You want to give your life unto Jesus. Please, can I see you wave your hand? Just lift up your right hand to the Lord. So that we can pray with you and you'll be born again. But that is the first. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. There are more people. You know you want to give your life to Jesus. Or you are once born again, you're backsliding. You are backsliding. And you want to return back unto God. There are people here. You can't deceive anybody. You can't deceive God. Remember, you cannot deceive God. And if you are still living in sin, he said he will not hear your prayers. Not me. The Bible. You saw it. See it on the screen. If you don't, if you are living in sin, the Lord will not hear your prayers. That's what the Bible says. You want to give a life to Jesus? If somebody else doing that, please, I want to begin to pray in your heart. Just confess your sin before him. Say, Lord, have mercy on me. Just I say, Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive me of my sin. I have come to you. I repent of all my sins. Wash me clean by your blood. Please pray that prayer in your heart. Let him know you are truly sorry of that sin you have committed. Of those lifestyles you are living that does not give glory unto God. Please just confess your sin before him. And he is able, he is able, he is willing to bring you to his fold. He will wash you clean by his blood. And your life will never remain the same. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you, those giving their life unto Jesus. Father, we thank you for this. Oh, what a good God you have. Thank you because that's rejoicing in heaven over this one. that have decided to follow you. From now on, Lord, accept them as your son in the name of Jesus. Write their name in the book of life in the name of Jesus. And help them to serve you to the very end in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And for everyone that has truly repented of their secret sin, Lord, I pray you will forgive everyone that when we cry unto you, you will truly answer us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. You can please have your seat. Praise the Lord. Shall we give a cloth offering to our Lord for the acceptance of what God has been spoken to us? Indeed, God spoke to us today and we prepare ourselves to obey the Lord. Amen.
in everything what he is commanding or instructing us. Now is the time for us to come to the Lord's table. Before we praying, let us turn to our Bibles to 1st Corinthians chapter 11. From verses 23 onwards, we will read 1st Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23. For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, Whoever eats this bread or drink this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many asleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Dear children of God, the Lord's table or the communion, it is not a ritual thing. It has a very deep spiritual meaning or insight in our life. So there are different terminologies used. As we know, it is called the communion, as for this 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. And also it is a breaking of bread, as we read from Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And today when we come to communion, it is also considered as it is thanking God for what he has done to us. It is a simple act in which those who are Christian, we partake of unleavened bread, number one, and also drink of the fruit of wine. And it is an important act also, that is one we should understand why we do it. Most of the people in the world, as there are many so the so-called Christians, they may do it as a ritual, but first week of the coming week 
of the month, every month we do it. But the important thing for us as a believer, we should know the purpose, the plan, and the meaning of what we are doing. We cannot just, the scripture what we read is itself self-explanatory to each and every one. It is not so deep or difficult to understand. It is very clear. But there are meanings, as we say, three things just I wanted to mention to you today. Because if you don't do it, you know the meaning, and uh, it is you yourself despising, and you yourself bring judgment on yourself. And you cannot deceive God. Number one, it is a memorial. Where Paul is saying, in 23 and 25 to 25, we eat the bread in the memory of his body. When we drink the cup, the fruit of the wine, in memory of his blood. And therefore, we celebrate the death of Jesus on the cross, as he said in Matthew 26, 28. So, for this is my blood, for the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. That's what he has said. Whose death make the new covenant possible? It is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what Hebrew 9.16 says. The blood was shed for the remission of sins. As the Passover was a memorial celebration or commemorating of Israel's deliverance from Israel or from Egypt to Israel, the Passover, the blood of the Lamb, the Passover was memorial for them, but for us, the Lord's Supper, the communion, what is before us is the, it remains us, or it is a celebration for us, the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, because through his death, we are delivered from the bondages of our sin. That we should remember. Whoever accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, we know it. It is the day for us to once again remember Jesus gave his life. He shed his blood. But the blood of with the blood of Jesus Christ, we are saved. And that is our our since we are forgiven. Secondly, whenever we come to the Lord's table, we should also remember it is a proclamation. It is a commandment from the Lord. We should proclaim it. Time and again, time and again I used to say that. Even the New Testament Christian, who are accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, we are not proclaiming any other thing. Even the, from the life of Acts of the Apostles, even the disciples, through all the persecutions, whatever they have gone through, they proclaim the death of Jesus Christ to this world. That is why today you and me are in this place. It is a commandment. So we proclaim our faith in the efficiency or the worth of the Lord's death. That his death was indeed for our sin. If it is our sin, we individually, has to accept and confess 
for my sin jesus christ has died and gave his life when you come with that faith with your confession and uh, that is the meaning uh, that is the way you can proclaim it and if we don't believe it he died for our sins why we have to come to the uh, lord's table so please before you come believe all these things the first of all the meaning of the blood the bread and the wine which represents the body of is jesus christ and blood of him and which was shed on he died for our sins that's why we are forgiven and we also prepared to proclaim the lord's return he is going to come it is not only what has happened in the past it is also reminds us to proclaim what is in our future he is going to come that is our faith that is the, the it is a it is another privilege for us to proclaim and as a reminder to proclaim his coming to confess to yourself that god is going to come i am ready to prepare him without that hope there's no point in sitting here and there's no point in coming and takes the lord's table and thirdly it is a communion once again as i said as we started with it is a fellowship of sharing the blood of christ first corinthian chapter 10 verse 16 and also as we partake we commune with the blood of christ perhaps the sense of reinforcing blessings we enjoy through the blood of christ a fellowship or a sharing of body of christ as we are come together it reminds us we are coming together among ourselves and we are also coming together with the lord jesus christ this is what happened at the last day before his death in the upper room what jesus prepared for the disciples they all had coming together in union and the lord's supper the same thing he commanded us to do it until he comes so until the lord jesus christ comes we are commanded to do it and it is a privilege and it is a blessing for each and every one of us those who gave their life to the lord and accept him as his lord and personal savior and the lord suffer is certainly as a great significance and should not be taken very lightly we do well therefore to consider what the scriptures reveals about the communion as well as the lord jesus christ and what relation we have with this communion if it is clear and we you believe it and it is a time for you to examine yourself whatever you are done you may be a christian you are born again it is not just straight away you can just come it before coming examine yourself that's what the scripture says bow down from your head examine yourself and prepare your hearts if you have any unforgiven sin in you
It's a time for you to confess before him and come with a clear consciously to take part in this last table. Close your eyes. Pray to yourself silently. God sees your heart. We cannot hide before him. Remember everything what God has done to you. Now it's a time for you to look at the cross. Jesus Christ is hanging. Shedding his blood. He says, it is for you, my son, my daughter. I give my life to you. If you believe it, thank him. The great sacrifices what he has done to you. Even though he died for the whole world, you have to believe it. It is for you personally. Ask for his forgiveness. Only when you confess before him, he is there to forgive you. Even though he hang on the cross, he is besides you, my brother, my sister. He looks at you, at your heart, asking you, pray, God will reveal where you are, what you are. Indeed, if he speaks to you, it's a time for you to ask forgiveness. In Jesus' name we're praying. Gracious Father, we come to you once again in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to us, reminding us of your Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life on the cross by shedding his precious blood to cleanse us. Lord, to make us as the worthy children to take part in this day. As you commanded us, Father, we are here we are. We celebrate the death of your Son, Jesus Christ. Because he died, we are here as your children. You made us as your children and as a righteous children. We thank you for that. Thank you for forgiving our sin. Father, once again we pray for the bread and the wine which was kept before us. Sanctify it, O Father, as it remains us and represents the body and the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. As we take them, Lord, we identify ourselves that we are one among ourselves and we are one with you. And we believe that, that our sins are forgiven. And we will remember the day. And also we are, Lord, confess before you. We will proclaim the death as well. We will anticipate your coming, O oh Father. Thank you for reminding us 
through this Lord's Supper in this day. Thank you for accepting our prayers. As we take part in this, let your presence cover us and fill us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Once again, it's a reminder for each and every one of you, we cannot take this Lord's table lightly. It is for the people, those who are really born again and gave their life and accepted the Lord and obey the Lord in the waters of baptism. Right now, as we have examined ourselves, if you have a clear conscience, you are most welcome to take charge and take part in this Lord's table and cooperate with the ushers as they are going to guide you. Thank you. To the table of mercy, prepare with the wine and the
Yeah. 
Let's just give thanks. Many of us have come forward to receive the body and the blood of the Lord. And the instruction there is remember me. Remember me. So let's be obedient right now and remember him. Remember what he did, what Jesus Christ did on that cross. Remember where you were if it was not for him. Church, let's just acknowledge. Talk to God right now. Tell him of how thankful you are for all that you have received. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, we give glory to you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for what you did on that cross. Thank you, Lord, that you made the way out for me, Lord. Picking me up from that impossible situation, Lord. Where sin had so entrapped me, Lord Father, that I could not do anything to get out of that position, Lord. There was no hope for me, Lord Father, till you came. Till you came, until you died on that cross, Lord. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, that ever since that moment, my life is a life of hope, Lord. Thank you, Father. We give glory to you, Lord. Let's also remember that today God told us that we need to believe him and him alone. And we need to be obedient to his instructions. I'll just read a verse that was read already. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. And go on to verse 20. 
Verse 19 states this, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Don't stop there. Go to verse 20. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. There is power in obedience. Church, let's just thank God. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you have once again reminded us, Lord, that all we need to do, Lord Father, is trust in you, Lord. Trust in you completely. Trust in you with all that we have, Lord. Not worrying about the situations around us, not looking at our environment, but just learning to trust in you, Lord, to believe you, Lord Father. And Father God, even as you give us instructions to obey them, Lord Father, to obey them completely, totally, implicitly, Lord Father. Father God, give us that spirit, Lord Father, that we will not, we will never question your instructions, Lord Father. But every instruction you give us, we will know, Lord Father, that it is for our good. And we will do it, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that in the minds and the hearts and the desires of every one of us, that will be our desire, Lord Father. That we will obey you completely, fully, believing in you completely, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to us. We thank you, Lord, Father, for a pastor whom you have used to stay, Lord, Father. Father God, we pray, Lord, that more of your anointing will be upon him, that you will minister unto us through him further in days to come, Lord. We thank you, Father, for every one of us who's here this day, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that you have opened the, the eyes of our understanding and the ears of our understanding, Lord, Father, and to know that we have the principle with us, Lord Father. We give all glory to you. Be with us as we depart from this place. And Father God, let this week ahead be a blessed week. We thank you, we give glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore, amen. Surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Church, let's go out, let's fellowship, let's be blessed as we move out.